What if you had a guide who could tell you how to bridge a gap between who you are today and who you're destined to be? What if each week you could hear a story of someone who has tried and succeeded, or perhaps tried and failed, but learned something in the process? Limitless Spirit is a weekly podcast where host Helen Todd interviews guests about topics and personal stories on defining life's purpose, pursuing personal growth, and developing a deeper faith in Christ. I always, for all these years, I was struggling a lot because I saw myself as a victim. I was in pain. Someone killed my father. Someone did this. I experienced war. Out of a sudden, I read this book. My, my heart finally starts beating. And then he gives this revelation for me to understand that this God, who is a living God, and that he, he is the one who has offered me this gift of salvation. And he's the one who has sacrificed for me, for my sins, for the sins of the one who killed my father, and for the sins of all humans. Welcome to this episode of the Limitless Spirit Podcast. I'm your host, Helen Todd. This week's episode is part two of my conversation with Leonora Maloko, a former Muslim from Kosovo. If you haven't listened to part one, I would encourage you to go back to the last week's episode where you will hear about the war in Kosovo from Leonor's perspective as a young girl and how the tragic loss of her father at only 12 years old sent her into depression and the ultimate search for hope. In this episode, you will hear how Leonora found not only hope for herself, but also a very hopeful secret about her father. So I lived for years, for years, in like primary school and even high school, with depression and despair, blaming God. I was a very religious, very religious person, but I was dying. You know, everyone else, including my mom as well, they saw I was trying so hard to fulfill all these religious laws. But I was mainly fighting with God in my room there, deep within my heart, in my mind. I was fighting with God very bad. I said, this is not fair, God. You could stop that, and you didn't. Now you better take my life away. There was no reason for me to live, no reason. So there was one day in the last year of my high school when my mom found me in a very, very bad emotional condition, crying in my room, just crying, desperately crying. And she said, I have no clue how to help you anymore we need to do something. We need to get out of this situation. You have to visit a psychologist. To me, there was too much. I said, how can a psychologist ever help me with my condition? If my mom, if my sisters, if people that know me cannot help me, how can a stranger help me? So to me, it was clearly, was so sure that no one can ever help me. But the good thing that happened on that day was like a shifting that For the first time, I said the prayer coming out of despair, coming, flowing out of my heart, and not anymore repetitive prayer or surah, Quranic surah, that I used to do that every single day just to please Allah, to please God. That was the day 
when I prayed in despair and said, God, if you want to help me, you can help me. I know you exist. I am confused. I have no clue who you are anymore. You're the silent God, the almighty God, the one that never responds back, but I am dying. So this is your last chance to save me or kill me. And this was what I told God in my room, crying. And that was a moment when I saw myself literally being buried. Like I, I saw my own funeral with my own eyes. He said, God, if you don't want me to die, then bring me back to life once again and speak to me because I cannot continue anymore. And you're the only one who can heal me and you're the only one who can be my psychologist. And there is no other human being in this planet that can help me. Not so long after that, I had to come to Pristina to apply for university. And I didn't really have any ambitions. I didn't have any like big ambition that I want to become this or that. I want to study this and that because I was barely living, even though I studied and I read and like I was hiding behind the books in most of the times. But then I applied for psychology. That was mainly as a suggestion from my high school teachers. They kept telling me I would make a very good psychologist and stuff like that. So I did that and I got accepted and I moved to Pristina to live and study in here in the capital city. Then not so long after that, I met some Christian people, missionary from Albania who served at Campus Crusade. And I still remember the day just having coffee. I didn't know those people before. I met them through my roommate. She used, she was a, a Catholic Christian. So I, they were talking, having this simple conversation around, around the table. And I would just stare at this Christian lady. She was speaking. There was peace and brightness in her face. I was like, oh my goodness. I would love to have this peace that she has. I would love to have this happiness that she has. And I wonder where does this come from? She saw the need in me as well. You know, she said nothing, but she could sense the need in me. And then later on, I told my friend, I really need to meet this friend of yours once again. So could you arrange a meeting with us? She was a bit surprised, but still she arranged another meeting. And the second time, this lady, she came prepared like she had the Bible with her as well, and her devotional book as well. And before giving me the Bible, she gave me that devotional book. She said, I would like for you to read through that. Because I said, I can see this piece in you, and I wonder, where does it come from? She said, please, I don't want to answer. But there is someone that I know, someone that I talk every single day, my best friend, my God that I trust in, the God that I pray too. So you will find everything in this about my peace and brightness in this notebook of mine, this diary of mine that I want for you to read. And I was very surprised because I said, who in this earth can give you their personal like diary, something that you, it's between, it's like very intimate. And as I was reading through, I could see what's the source of all that happiness and peace and brightness. And as I started reading the Bible, especially reading from the book of John, it finally made sense to see how the word of God is a living word and how this word became flesh 
and how this flesh lived amongst us and how Jesus Christ came for my sins and my iniquities. And up to this moment, I always, for all these years, I was struggling a lot because I saw myself as a victim. You know, I was the victim. I was struggling. I was in pain. Someone killed my father. Someone did this. I experienced war. No, 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 no. So many other things. And then out of a sudden, I read this book that brings life. It, it, it brings something. My, my heart finally starts beating. And then he gives this revelation for me to understand that this God, who is a living God, he has left the heaven for you for to come in the earth for your sins, for your iniquities. And you're not the victim. You're sinful before him and you need to ask forgiveness. And then from the position of a victim, I had to go to the another position, another role in asking forgiveness and understanding I am not pure. I have sinned against God. I can never reach his standards. Whatever I do, it doesn't really matter how many times a day I pray and fast Ramadan and everything. I cannot reach God's standard. And that he, he is the one who has offered me this gift of salvation. And he is the one who has sacrificed for me, for my sins, for the sins of the one who killed my father and for the sins of all human. So then... I was in tears and I asked forgiveness for my sins. Later on then, I was able to forgive as well. And I received all these promises that he, he is my father and he will restore me and he will be my psychologist. And he is the one who understands my pain and his heart is broken whenever there is injustice in this world. But therefore, the cross, therefore, his sacrifice, therefore, Jesus. Finally, this almighty God who stands in his throne, the silent one, became visible. Something that I could feel, someone that I could touch, someone that I could talk to, someone that I knew he will respond and he will heal me and he will become my best friend and above everything else that he will be my heavenly father, a father that I thought I have lost forever and I will never gain back. And who would ever imagine that I could call God my father? And that I could be called his daughter. I remember the day as I said yes to Jesus. And you know, for us Albanians, because of our Albanians who have experienced war, it's very, very, very hard to understand the symbol of the cross because the cross was misused so much during the war. Every destroyed house, every burnt house, every dead, massacred body, it had a cross. And now the Kosovars, whenever they see a cross, it reminds them of war, destruction and killing and death. So it's not the very best symbol they can associate with. But when I was presented of the cross of Jesus, another revelation came into my life to understand that this cross that was misused during the war for any reason, this is the cross where Jesus died and was killed and shed his blood out of love, mercy, and grace. And now it was a beautiful symbol 
in front of my eyes. Not anymore something that irritated me, but something that I just wanted to embrace and be there and stare the entire day and understand that on that cross, Jesus died first of all for my sins and then everyone else. And this helped me understand that I cannot keep any resentment with anyone that I am called to forgiveness. In fact, it was so clear that God has reconciled me with himself through Jesus Christ. And not only this, but he has also given me and everyone else who accepts his gift, the ministry of reconciliation, which was very important for me to understand that if I accept the forgiveness of Jesus, who am I to keep unforgiveness in my heart for those who killed my father? And it's not me that should deal with that. So I had to learn how to surrender this at Jesus' feet and let him deal with that and understand that that's not a burden for me to carry. Of course, the forgiveness, it was a very long process of healing as well of me understanding that I need to surrender that at God's feet and let him deal with and let him heal me first of all. You know, I think your story is just uh, incredibly powerful. Well, for everyone. I mean, I'm just blown away by this story, but uh, we're in the middle of the series, Hope Rising, and we're talking about hope and what hope looks like for people, uh, for for Christians and non-Christians. And as I was listening to you, at one moment, you lost hope, um, and that hope will not be restored, so to speak. You lost your dad, and there is no way that you can bring him back into your life in his body right now, right? So you buried that hope uh, with his death. Uh, but in the death of that hope, a new hope was born. Um, a new father was given to you. A new life was given to you. And not only for this life, you know, whatever you have on this earth, but something beyond that. And who knows, who's to say that, in eternity, in your resurrection, you're not going to be reunited with the one that you loved and lost. You know, it's it's up to God to decide. We don't know how it's going to play out. But the fact that we're humans, you know, our hopes are very worldly. They're very temporal. We don't understand eternity. Even as Christians, we know about eternity, but we really don't comprehend it. Let's face it, you know. But so our hopes are mostly have to do with this life. <laughs> and sometimes they have to die, you know, because that's the nature of our world. And sometimes these hopes die, but in the death of one hope, a better one is given us if, if we have Christ. And so in light of this, I don't know who all listens to this podcast. I know it, that it's people in many countries where I have not even been. And so perhaps there is someone listening to us today who just buried their hope and they know that they will never receive it in this life. What advice would you give to a person like this? Yes. So when all this happened to me, I knew from my human perspective, from my own mind limitations i knew that there is no hope so whoever wanted to help me 
I rejected that. He said, can you bring my father back? No, we can't. Then you cannot help me. It was so clear that no one can ever help me because no one can ever bring my father back. This was my human limitation on thinking and comprehending what God is able to do. Back then, I would never imagine that God can be my heavenly father, the one who is able to fulfill every single need I have within my heart and within my life. That It's not about replacing your earthly father. It's about giving you something even more than an earthly father. He can fulfill every gap within your heart. This I didn't understand back then. But when I heard of Jesus and when I started reading about him and getting to know him more in his character, then he made me understand and feel in my heart that there is a greater purpose than just living in this earth. There's a greater purpose for me and for everyone else. There are greater things for me. So then I was happy again because I said, I have one more chance to live and there is a chance for me to find purpose. There is a chance for me to find happiness and excitement in the things in the future because God ha- has my future in his hands. And regardless if I will have my father or not, he's going to use me and he's going to give me all the desires and all the needs that I'm asking for. So when you embrace God, he changes something in the way you, you, you see life, in your mind, in your heart. And this is our almighty God. He can change our perspective, the way we, we see life. And he can go beyond our human limitations. And that's something only God can do. I would love to give any recommendations how people who have lost hope should. And I would love to give all the guidelines for them to follow so that they finally find hope. But the real hope is only found in God. Because I cannot really guarantee that one day they will not lose something else. One day I will lose my mom. One day I will lose, I I don't know, I will lose maybe most of the things that I like, I want to keep dear to myself in this earth. But it's not about losing. It's about gaining in God and not being worried about any any earthly treasure, even if that treasure is your father, your mother, your child, your husband, your wife. It's all about God, the one who wants us to feel safe in his shield, in his shelter, and understand that he has our life under control. And it's all under his mighty control as well as under his will. And we we just need to obey and live this adventure with him knowing that he will guide us and he will protect us and defend us. So this is the difference. When you understand, nothing, how can you say, slips through between his fingers. He knows the past. He knows the present. He knows the future for every single one who calls upon his name. And I'm more than happy. I am privileged that I've known Jesus and I have accepted Jesus in in my life. As I prayed a lot after I became a Christian believer, after I started following Jesus, oftentimes in my prayers, there was a hindrance, there was a blockage. Because when I thought of my father 
and reading the Bible, knowing how merciful God is, I said, how comes you are a merciful God, you love your creature, and still there was no one who shared the gospel with my dad ever. He never heard the gospel. He never heard about you. He was killed unjustly. He died. And now for him to end up in hell, this is not fair, God. And this is not something that belongs to you. So I could not really bring these two things together. So it became a hindrance to my prayers. Every time I would pray, the picture of my father would be in front of my eyes. And that something stopped me praying with a passion. And, you know, for these, for these days, God did something to change me and make me understand and also melt my heart and also help me surrender my father at his feet and make me understand that my father, it's not a burden I have to carry. That's something that belongs to him and he will take care of that. At the same time, I was struggling to share my faith with my mom and my sister and my family members because I knew they would not understand coming from a Muslim background. No one would understand my decision. So it was a very long process until I was able to admit before them that I am a follower of Jesus and this is my decision. And of course, it was hard for my mom and my sisters to grasp this, but however, they respected that. They said, you're a grown grown up, so you take the decisions for yourself. We will, we will respect that, but you never expect for us to understand anytime this kind of a decision you took. However, then I had two struggles. One, to convince my family how Christianity is a, the very best religion in the, in the world and how church people are the most perfect people. At the same time, the struggle with my father, where did he end up? So God used my mom to bring something into light through some dreams. You know, as I would go home, the only thing I sensed was for God telling me, you do not defend the church. This is not the role and position I have given you. Just pray for them. Pray for your family members. Bless them. Love them. This is all you can give them. It's me who defend the church. It's it's my role to defend the church. You just relax and be there and serve them. So whenever I would go home on weekends, I knew it was God who woke me up on midnights for, for nights. Bless my mom, pray for her, lay my hands over her body and bless her as she was sleeping. So it was during these days, during these nights, in fact, that God gave her some dreams. And one day she said, I want to share a dream with you. It was you, your father, and me on the dream. And you brought some, you brought a white robe and a golden crown at home. And I knew you were trying to convert us <laughs> into Christianity. So I said, bring those things out of my house. But then your father said, bring them to me. So you gave those things to your father. He put the crown on his head. He put the white robe on his on him, and he said, this is the crown of Christ. This is the robe of Christ. Leave her alone. So it was my father interceding for me and trying to bring peace into my house. And then as she was sharing this dream with me, she said, I remember now I'm reminded of another dream I've had a long time ago. Before the war, it was the three of us, you as a kid, found a golden ring and then you came to us and said, I have to take this golden ring to the holy temple. 
And again, it was my mom who told me, you don't go there. But then your father said, let her take the ring where it belongs to. So in both of the dreams. And my mom told me, I knew in the dream that if you would go to that holy temple to take the ring, you would never come back. So we would forever lose you. We separated from you. As my mom shared these dreams with me, there was something happening in her heart. God worked with her heart. God was melting her heart and making her understand that this is a true God that can speak through visions, through dreams, and convince your heart. And it was such a good proof, a testimony for me to realize that I cannot change their hearts. It's only God through his Holy Spirit that can go through their heart and change and convince them. In the other hand, there was such a good confirmation to understand, I have your father. I will take care of your father. You don't have to carry that burden because it's too much. It's too heavy for you. And then it happened just a few weeks after that, that my mom shared with me that I was in the church, you know, sharing with my friends about my dad. And then I suddenly realized there was a Bible, very old translation, Albanian translation, a Bible with illustrations. And I, I told my friends, I recognize this Bible from somewhere. And I took the Bible and just flipping through the pages. And I realized that was the Bible that my father used to read to me when I was a kid. So we had the Bible at school. And he read from that Bible. And I remember, especially during the summer vacations, when we were off from school, I would ask him, find me the very best book you have. And he would grab the Bible and read Bibles to me. The thing is, when I was finished of this conversation, I went online and I received a message from my sister telling me that they're having a conversation about me at home and my mom sharing with them how I love the Bible. No wonder I love the Bible because it was your father who planted this seed in her heart when she was a kid. So the same story was being told in two different places at the very same time. And this I received as another confirmation that there was something special about my father. And that was the day when I went upstairs praying and I literally surrendered my father at the cross. And I said, God, now I realize this is not for me to worry about since the day I've been released. And I could pray to God freely knowing that he knows everything and he takes care of every single detail. Well, I'm dying to ask this question. What about your mom and your sisters? Did they ever accept Jesus? Not yet, but they're very open. My mom and my sisters, they're very, very open. Uh, They come to church time after time. They have never taken a decision, at least not confessed (laughs) to me. Uh, But I fully believe that they've seen God's miracles in our family and they have seen also Jesus working in our lives. And I pray that one day I will see them surrendering to him. Well, thank you for sharing this uh, latter part about your dad. Um, this is even a better story than I thought. <laughs> this, this is quite incredible because, you know, as you were sharing the first part, 
something prompted me to tell you, who knows, maybe in eternity, you're going to be reunited with him. And then you're giving me the confirmation. So that is, that is our God. This is how he works, you know? And, uh, I don't know. Are you, um, do you have a book? Are you writing a book? I hope you are, because I think this story needs to be told. It's such an encouragement. I haven't thought of that, but Every time I share my story with people, it blesses me because it makes me realize and understand how good God is. So I really want to go back as as further back as I can to understand that I was lost and God found me. I was in despair and God brought me to life once again. I never thought I would be happy. And here I am smiling in front of you, knowing that I would never ask for, for more than I have. It's not that life has been easy for all these years, but life has been safer knowing that regardless of where I end up, I know God is with me and he will take care of me. So it's not about being safe in this earth, but knowing to whom do we belong and what's our eternity that one day we will spend our eternity with God. So I haven't really thought of writing a book, but if I would write a book, I would rather write a book on every single day blessing God gives me and every single promise I've seen being fulfilled for all these years following Jesus. When you fail and you think, oh, you have disappointed God, and then he gives you even more grace, even more favor to understand that it's not about our deeds, because living in a Muslim world, it's all about fulfilling. It's all about uh, achieving. It's all about the deeds. It's all about performance. But then experiencing Jesus, you finally understand, wow, I am loved. I am simply loved. Then I do because he has done for me first. I love because he has loved me first. I forgive because he has forgiven me first. So it's all about God doing something for you. And then you reflect his glory. That's all you do. And we do not get any merits. So this makes me happy. And I will serve him as long as I have life. And I'm happy to know that. Or I'm happy to know where I'm going. You know, living a Muslim life, you're never sure of salvation. You never know where you're going to go. You have the most devoted Muslims. Then you ask them in their last days, where are you go? Where do you go when you die? And it's so hard to see that none of them know where, they, where, where do they go. If Allah wants, then I will be with him in paradise. If Allah wants, if Allah shows a little bit of mercy, then I'll be there. It's so painful to know that so many people die every single day not accepting this Jesus who can assure us his salvation and eternity with our Heavenly Father. And if I would ever write a book, then I would rather write a book on about this Jesus who it's not a, a God of the past, it's a God of the present, a God of the future as well. Well, I want to at least encourage you to think about it because I think your testimony 
illustrates the message in the most powerful way, you know, and and it is a tool that God has given you because it's your story. It's personal. When I hear you sharing this, you're not telling me something that happened to your neighbor or something that happened to the person that you know that you know. It's your story. It's coming from your heart, and I see it in your face, you know, and uh, it makes it powerful. It makes it compelling and convincing and you can only share it so many times. So if you record it in a book, you can at least give a person a book and say, look, that's the story. <laughs> that's my Jesus. That's what he can do. So anyway, well, maybe someday. But uh, thank you so much for uh, coming on this podcast and being so transparent and sharing your story. I know these were painful memories that you had to revive um, in your heart. but. Again, through all of this, this is a message of the greatest hope. And I really, really thank you for sharing this. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity to share. And may God bless you. Yes, you know, you're always welcome to Kosovo. Even though Leonore's story includes trauma, depression, and loss, it's ultimately a story of hope. In her lowest moment, God revealed himself to Leonora, showing her his love and giving her hope and bringing her into a saving relationship with Jesus. Her testimony is a tool that she uses now to share her hope with others. At World Missions Alliance, we believe that changed lives change lives. If your life has been changed by Christ— you have a way of bringing hope to others. I encourage you to visit our website, rfwma.org, to find out how you can get involved. I also want to invite you to our Hope Rising Conference starting March 29th through March 31st in Branson, Missouri. You can find more information on the website rfwma.org. And if your schedule doesn't allow you to travel to Branson next week, you can always sign up for the digital conference and enjoy it in the comfort of your home on your own schedule. Again, the website is rfwma.org. Until next time, I'm Helen Todd. Limitless Spirit Podcast is produced by World Missions Alliance. We believe that changed lives change lives. If you want to see your life transformed by Christ's love, or if you want to help those who are hurting and hopeless and discover your greater purpose in serving Christ through short-term missionary work, check out our website, rfwma.org, and find out how to get involved.